Today's show is brought to you by India Partners. They help rescue children. You can find out more at lifewithlisawilliams.com. Hashtag thanks for listening. This is this, this is, is life. This is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Both of my sons were baptized on Sunday, and I am grinning from ear to ear as I say this to you. There is so much joy in my heart, and there's so much backstory as to how they ended up being baptized this past Sunday, but suffice it to say, they've been asking for a year to be baptized, and the timing just hasn't been right until Sunday. And uh, I mean, if if you know me well, then you know, uh, no surprise that I shouted when it was done. And I was just so excited about their desire, not controlled or manipulated by me or their dad, just their desire to be baptized because they both asked Jesus to be the Lord of their lives. And they both wanted to follow that with being baptized in water. And so they were, and it was awesome to me. And I I could right now Google um, Bible verses on baptism, and I could read all of those to you, but you can do that, right? And we could have long discussions about sprinkling or immersion or how pivotal is it to salvation and why do we have to do it? And all kinds of theological deep discussions, but you're not really here to have that discussion. And I don't know where you stand. I was thinking about you as I was just out on a walk and I was pondering talking to you. And, you know, I had a a dad who was Methodist. And so I was christened and there was water put on my head when I was a baby. And, um, I have many family members who are Catholic and they've had special christenings of the babies, of their children. Um, Then you have me, my mom and dad sent me to a Baptist private school. I ended up going to a Baptist college. And so much of my theology is rooted in Baptist theology, which I embrace um, because I see it throughout the Bible. But, you know, there are a lot of opinions from lots of different people on baptism. So I just want to tell you my story. I was going to tell you JD and Jesse's story. And then I just thought, you know, I'll just own my own story and maybe you'll find it entertaining or maybe it'll cause you to think. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe it'll lead you to the Bible. Maybe it'll lead you to a deeper Bible study. Maybe, maybe you'll get baptized if you haven't been baptized already. I I don't know, but I'll just tell you that when I was growing up, my mom is a hoot. You know, she will be 80, uh, let's see, she was born in 27, so she'll be 88 years old in a few weeks. And I'm going to write a book about my mom someday. Uh, The working title is The Spawn of Eloise. (laughs) That may change. (laughs) Hold on, I have to do a Google search of the meaning of the word spawn before I say that. See, spawn, the eggs of a fish. The product or offspring of a person or a place used to express distaste or disgust. Well, I don't know. The Spawn of Eloise may or may not be the the title of my book, but she just is a very unique person. It was very unique being raised by her. And I have stories. My siblings have stories. Lots of God's people have stories about my mom. And so one story about my mom is that 
She sent me to private school for a myriad of reasons. She could not afford it. You know, my mom and dad were not wealthy. My dad was a railroad man, and my mom did all kinds of different odd jobs when I was growing up, from selling real estate to selling women's shoes to selling insurance. And she ended up cooking um, for a racetrack in the jockey's kitchen. And so I have lots of stories about growing up in the jockey's kitchen. Um, but, you know, you know, my mom was just so interesting. And so she sent me to a wonderful private school and it was a long drive and I'm sure it was a stretch for her budget. Um, but it definitely impacted my life greatly growing up in this school. And so when I was in second grade, my mom found out that the tuition was cheaper if you were a member of the church. And so we went to that church the next Sunday and my mom told me I needed to walk the aisle, go down to the front, tell them that I wanted to be a Christian and then get baptized. And so there was no conversion or any understanding at all in my heart. I just walked down to the front of this big, a little intimidating church as a second grader and, and said whatever they told me to say. And then they asked if I wanted to be baptized, and I said yes. And we got 10% off my tuition. So that right there is kind of a sneak peek into growing up with Eloise, you know? I mean, it was just pragmatic. And my mom told me when I was growing up that if people ask me questions about spiritual things, look them straight in the eye and say, I'm a Christian, and then they'll leave you alone. That's what she told me to do. And that's what I did. I would just say to people, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and so that would kind of end the discussion. But the truth is, my goodness, I never understood fully. I did not have a proper understanding of who Christ was in salvation. But thankfully, thankfully, you know, my dad loved the Bible. He was very quiet about his faith, but he read his Bible all the time. And that really impacted me. He wanted me to memorize Psalm 23, and he always would have that Bible out at night, but he was quiet about many things when it came to his faith. I was in a Christian school, though, so I was hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, attending chapel, but none of it was really taking root inside of me. So I'm sprinkled when I'm a baby, <laughs> and I'm baptized, full immersion when I'm in second grade. But it wasn't until I was a junior in high school that I had a true conversion. Jesus talks about being born again, and I was born again in April 1985. It was a Sunday night, and Dr. John Sullivan was preaching a sermon on Psalm 8. Oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens and through the mouths of babes and sucklings, you have established praise. When I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers and how you've set them in place, who is man that, that, that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you would care for him? You have made us a little lower than the angels. I mean, it just was this sermon and I'm sitting there and all of the pieces came together and all of this head knowledge that I'd heard for years and years and years and years and years. I had heard the Bible and heard about Jesus and then it all just became real. 
and I was born again. And I remember saying in my heart, Jesus, you are now the Lord of my life. And being in complete awe of what happened, laying in bed that night and for the nights afterwards, I would just be, God, please forgive me of my sin. I was like so aware of my sin, like, please forgive me of my sin. And then one night laying in bed, realizing he has, he's forgiven me. He has forgiven me and just being filled with joy. And a few weeks later, feeling drawn to the front of the church on a Sunday night and you know, just giving my life to full-time ministry. Those were such pivotal times in my life. And there was such a dramatic change in me that people noticed. I had been, as the Bible says, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. I was born again. And so that next year, my senior year in high school, I got very close to many people in the youth group I began working part-time for the youth pastor. I was on fire. I carried my Bible everywhere my senior year. I was going to Bible studies. I distanced myself from all my partying friends and just was very hungry for God. And I felt like I should be baptized, but I was embarrassed, confused, unsure because I had been baptized in second grade and I had the baptismal certificate and the big giant Bible that my mom had bought me to honor the fact that I'd been baptized. I didn't know what to do. I, I, and I was embarrassed, I think to, to go down in front of everybody and be um, baptized. It's like, it was all confused in my, in my 17 year old brain, but I had an aching to be baptized. And so, um, Fast forward to the summer of 1988. By the summer of 1988, I had been married for a year (laughs) and I was living in Germany and I had decided to come home for the summer uh, because I missed my family. I'd gotten married in May 1987, had been in Germany for a year, and I wanted to come home and see my family. And as soon as I got back to Louisiana, I realized I am going to be bored out of my mind. I have got to do something this summer. And while I had been in Germany for that first year of my marriage, I had taken sign language classes at the chapel from Jill Atwood. She was a chaplain's wife and she was teaching a class so that you could become proficient in sign language. And a group of us took the class and I had really absorbed the information. And so I could sign pretty well. So this summer of uh, 1988, while I was in the States, I decided to find a group of deaf people that I could work with. And so First Baptist Church of Shreveport had a deaf mission. And I went to the mission Um, which was a small church building, I believe on Ockley Drive in Shreveport. And I said, I would like to serve here this summer. And they said, yes. And so I dove into the deaf community, which is so funny, right? Because I'm talking to you right now. And totally, I thought I would be working with the deaf for the rest of my life. And subsequent to that summer, God called me to Christian radio It's just so weird. It's like so opposite. But anyway, I worked with the deaf the entire summer. 
and went to deaf camp in South Louisiana and was just really, really involved. Um, and so there was one Sunday that summer that the pastor preached a sermon on being baptized and he would preach out loud, you know, in English (laughs) and he would sign while he was preaching because there were hearing people and deaf people in the small congregation. And I was sitting on the back row and he was preaching a sermon on being baptized. And I heard a, a voice in my heart say, you need to be obedient to this. That's what I heard. And so I, being the on fire in the ministry, working with the deaf, committing my summer to doing this mission work girl that I was, I responded quickly and went, I haven't been baptized since I, since I became a Christian. And when the sermon was done, I walked the aisle and said, I would, I would like to be baptized. And the next Sunday, they had a baptismal service and I was fully immersed in water and came up rejoicing. I remember just being so happy because I was being obedient and I love Jesus so much. And if he wants me to be baptized, I would be baptized every day. (laughs) And how he was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, and how throughout the the Bible, the New Testament, baptism after baptism and throughout Acts and how it is in my theological viewpoint, an outward sign of an inward conversion. It's a step of obedience. You know, I believe that because of what I heard in my heart and because of what you can find in the Bible. And I'll tell you this about my life after that event. There was a marked change in me. Like I went deeper spiritually. And I was more aware of the Holy Spirit in my life. It, it reminds me as I say that out loud, because this is kind of the first time I've ever put all these thoughts together for anyone, how the Holy Spirit descended on Christ Jesus after his baptism. Do you know that story? After he was baptized in the river Jordan, the skies opened up And the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. I don't really know what that means. I don't think it was a dove. It was like a dove maybe coming down. I'm not sure what that means exactly. And then a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am very well pleased. (laughs) Boom, right? It's like, boom. And so I can say my testimony would be you know, this would be true that from that point forward, there was a, just a depth, a hunger, an awareness of God's power and presence. And not long after that, you know, a couple of years after that, while praying a clear calling for me into Christian radio. And so it was just a part of the puzzle. It was a piece of my spiritual development And so I just wanted to tell you my story in Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then it says with the heart, you believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confessions made to salvation. Romans chapter 10, there's a place to start. If you have never been born again, 
man, today could be that day. Today could be the day that you respond to the wooing of God who loves you so much. He loves you with an incredible love, an undeniable love. You are so loved. You are so loved. Let me tell you, you are so loved. He loved you so much that he gave his one and only. That's love. Sacrificing everything to be in a relationship with you because he loves you. And so salvation is really responding to that love. Salvation is saying, yes, yes. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done wrong. I'm just so sorry. And will you forgive me? And Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. It's not contrived. It's not a a formula. It's a response to love. And then just sinking your entire existence into him and letting that love wash over you. If you constantly worry, his love can help you. It can dissolve that. If you live in complete um, pain of the past, his love can begin the process of healing you because really it's how much he loves you that counteracts the, the lies of all the things that have been done to you. It's his love, his love. It's, it says in Romans chapter five, verse five, the love of God has been poured out It's like Niagara Falls of love on you by the Holy Spirit who's been given to you. And then subsequent to that, have you been baptized? And if not, why not? To go up in front of everyone and say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. There's something to it. And so I just want to tell you my story. I just want to tell you my story. So if you want to go deeper, start by reading God's word. Start there. Not what somebody's told you, not what you've heard from your grandma who heard it from her grandma, but start with God's Word. Maybe like a new King James Version or NIV. That's just my recommendation. But if you're new to the Bible, you know, those are versions that are, ah, they're good. And so I just want to encourage you to start there. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Hashtag thanks for listening.